0: Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board
1: games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. You're your host. Hey hey, howdy. Hey listeners. Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine Podcast. It is good to have you here. The sun is shining where you are living, I hope. I hope the air is clean. I hope you are happy. Ah, it's good to be back. Anyways, as always, I am your host Josh, and with me is my loyal co-host
2: Andrew. And today we have as our guest Dan Hughes, uh, famously of CoraQuest. Kickstarter is launching pretty soon, but I will let Dan talk about himself, please. Dan, tell us about you. The
0: uh, Kickstarter is launched now. Was um, launched on Monday. Um, my name Dan. I, um, I I do various things in the in the in the board game world. I. Uh, I originally started doing um, reviews of family games with my daughter, Cora. Um, we do that over on the Dice Tower. Um, I, I've got my own podcast with Mike D'Elisio, also from the Dice Tower. Although he wasn't from the Dice Tower when I, we start, first started the podcast. And then suddenly he becomes super famous, which is disgraceful. Um, <laughs> um, so that's called Sporadically Bored uh, with Mike and Dan. Um, so, so we do that now and again. And the other thing I do in the board gaming world is... Is I, alongside my daughter Cora, um, we designed a, a family dungeon crawler um, during the first lockdown, just for ourselves initially, and then and then kind of things kind of ran away with themselves, and it went on to Kickstarter and got quite a lot of attention there, and, and so that that was really a successful Kickstarter. With I think we we have ended up selling six thousand copies, which isn't isn't bad at all for a board game, um, and so now we have just launched myself and my daughter. Uh, an expansion for Core Quest, which is called Core Quest: Keep on Questing, which is on Kickstarter now. Um, so it's a it's a family dungeon crawling board game to for mainly to play with adults and children really. So uh, and it's a cooperative game. It's a game designed that both the adults and the kids have an equally good time. So that's that was the intent behind it. I think we we did all right. At it. So so that's me. That's who I am.
1: Core Quest is extremely charming in that way. Like the the. The main, my draw to core quest, is the the artwork yeah. and how it's. Oh, you guys just did such a good job with it. Like it's it's for those of you who don't know. It's basically like kid drawings. Um, I think I think from my understanding like kids submitted their own drawings of their own monsters, and then the artist took it and made it like one cohesive. Art style. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So,
0: so, so about half it's done by half the art is done by Cora, my daughter Cora, and then the other half is is sent to us by various people all over the world. In fact, we've we had art sent to us from every single continent in the world, apart from Antarctica, which is is pretty cool. Um, so so, and then what what Gary, our artist, as my friend Gary does, he he traces over the the drawing, and then colors it in. But it but it still keeps it makes it consistent. So it's it's consistent throughout the game. But it also retains a lot of that child-like charm of the, the original. I think, um, I think to be honest, the, the art of, of, of Core Quest is, is one of our, my favourite things. And, and, and the, the other, which is annoying because it's something I had nothing to do with, it. it's both Cora and Gary's. So that's a bit irritating. <laughs> but my favourite bit of it is uh, someone else's work. But um, and the other thing we do as well is, is um, there's there's an app that a web app that goes with it, the way you can upload your own pictures. So, a kick and draw a picture, and then and then make that into a, a kind of print and play card for the game. So you can put yourself in the game, and you can print and play the standees and stuff. So we've got had like people. Someone's told us that they just use photos, and they photo use the photo of themselves and their their three dogs to be the adventurers that go through these. So uh, you know, and and, and the teachers, the baddie, and all that kind of stuff. So 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 that's uh, <laughs> you know, it's very customizable is the game as well. It's great.
1: Yeah. So. I'm excited to have you on for a couple reasons. When I when I first started this podcast with Andrew, we, we were brainstorming this. I had a very, I had a short list, and I still have my short list of guests I would like love to have on. Um, we had we've had a couple of them on. Um, I'm thankful for that. And the reason I you were on that short list is because you know I'm, I'm a board game snobs fan, which is for those of you who don't know is a, is a podcast about Barely a podcast. They don't really... <laughs> It, it's 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 not really a board game podcast. No. to be completely honest. I mean, how, it, how would you describe board games? I'm, I'm
0: described as the worst podcast on on the air at the moment in fact, and the fact you're a fan of the board game snobs podcast has uh, significantly um, reduced you in my eyes. To be honest, it's <laughs> it's a it's a couple of barely literate Americans from the South, no less, um, who who can hardly string a word together, just talking about. Random stuff while drinking whiskey is basically what the board game snobs is. Um, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, they're very good, they're very good. Um, they yes, they are in many ways. Board game snobs is our kind of um sister podcast of the spread at board. We, the Venn diagram of our audiences, is is, is is overlaps quite a bit. Um, with the more intelligent side of that sister podcast, mind you, they're the kind of sister that you keep in the attic and don't let anyone meet. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, and with that, like I just enjoyed your commentary. I enjoyed when I was watching the Dice Tower a little more religiously when I was first starting to get in the board games. I watched you and Cora's segment on there. I was like, you know, I really like this guy's, you know, way he talks and the way he talks about board games. I appreciated your insights and the way you're able to have a conversation. I was like you'd be, and I was like, you'd be great to have on a podcast.
0: And I'm here to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I we'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. Let's, let's, we'll see. <laughs> judgment—that's what I say. Yeah. What we'll, we'll was the judgments for the uh, the submarine? Tonight. Yeah, exactly. And I'll have, yeah, and Andrew will tell me if I'm allowed to make the book guest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we have our pre our instruments going, our pre launch procedures getting ready to go underway. So, how's about we head to the? Uh, well, I guess they call called the the helm of the submarine, and we'll uh, get started.
0: Pre-Launch. Get to know us and our guests.
1: Okay, so in the Pre-Launch, we give a brief review of a board game we've played recently. I want to start with Andrew. This is a follow-up from a previous game you've talked about, so let me hear about it. So this is
2: Explorers. It's a Phil
1: Walker-Harding game that, if you play the
2: tabletop game, it doesn't feel quite as much like a Roll right but it still is. Uh, But there's also an app, and it's really good as a single-player game. What you basically do is you flip a tile over, and it has two different kinds of terrain type, like water or mountains or meadows or sand or whatever not. And then you cross off a couple of Xs on your board trying to get to these icons that give you bonuses. So you might try to get different kinds of provisions, so apples and carrots and fish. You might try to get jewels. You might try to get a key to unlock a temple somewhere else. Essentially, it's just a really kind of clever simple exploration game, but it's kind of addictive. And I can tell you can play better because I've not played it 10 times, and almost every time my score has gotten better. So I'm increasingly getting better at the game as it goes. Also, one of the cool things about the app is that it has like a time limit of a week where everybody plays the same map, and so you can see how you compare to everybody else playing the exact same thing. Yeah. But generally, every time you play it, the map is completely random. So it's kind of nice to really have both those options. So that's what I've been playing recently.
1: I those I like. I really like the games that you know, games that you can op- like clearly see yourself getting better at. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always something that feels really good.
0: That's never happened to me. I've never got better at a game, but I'm sure. I'm sure it would. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would be nice if uh, if it ever happened. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what have you been playing recently, Dan? Um, I've, I've been playing um, Skate
0: Summer. Which is a board game uh, from Pandasaurus, and it's designed by Randy Ryman. I think is how you pronounce his name, and it's um, a kind of game that that simulates you, your your, everyone's my childhood and your childhood of of going round uh, skateboarding and falling off your skateboard, basically. So, so it's game two halves. Um, The first half is a kind of um, really interesting. push-your-look game where you're trying to balance on a skateboard and doing tricks. And so the way, the way it works is, is you're, you're playing cards on either side of this skateboard to kind of balance it, and then a random dice roll shows how much you're going to veer to one side or another. And so you can be quite adventurous and try and veer to one side to do a super duper trick um, but there's a there's a risk that you um, are going to fall off it, basically. It, it, it sounds like there's not much in, um, thought to it, but it, it, there's quite a lot of thought. And for a push-your-look game, you've got quite a lot of control over what you're doing and there's some tactics to to how you do it and the, the order you play your cards and where you put your cards and all that kind of stuff. And the, the mechanic of push-your-look alongside the theme of falling off your skateboard is just... It just works so well. It's just so... Wonderfully thematic, yet yet gives you that kind of tactical thinking as well. And then the second half, the second kind of side of the game is you're kind of going through the city streets, picking up various bonuses and, and things that will help you do your tricks better. I, okay. And I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I've struggled to find anything that... Um, that I didn't like about it, to be honest. I mean, I won, which which always helps. But but um, but <laughs> but I, I, it's a it's a really really solid game. I, I wish I, I really really enjoy. Um, I, I, and it really took me very really surprise because I wasn't expecting to be so overwhelmed. But I wasn't thinking it was going to be bad. But I never never thought it was going to be great. And it it really is one of the games of the year. I think. So normally, when you talk about plus your luck, it
2: generally has more of a gateway feel would you think this is a gateway a gateway plus game or is it a medium no this is, this
0: is this is this is a kind of gateway plus to medium weight um, one it's, cer- okay. it's certainly as i say there's certainly a lot of ta- push your luck isn't the only me- mechanism in there there's 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 other stuff going on but but that's that, that that's probably why i like it so much actually it's rare i've seen a game this heavy which it's not heavy heavy it's medium but it's rare i've seen a game this heavy use the push your luck mechanism so centrally and so well, basically. I'm definitely
2: intrigued by this genre. Like, skateboarding games have been done very well in video game format, Mm -hmm. but not, as far as I know, done well in board game format. So I'm glad to hear... That there's a version of that out there for people who are skateboarding fans. Yeah. They can get into you
0: know, let way. me let me make this clear, I'm not a skateboarding fan. I I was I was joking when I said if, if anyone saw me, I'd, I'd probably snap a skateboard in half as soon as I stepped on it. But um, but but um, no not that I object to skateboards, but 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 yeah, no, it was really I, I can't keep saying it was really good. That's not a very good way of reviewing things, is it? But trust me, it was really good. I, I would if you get a chance to play it,
1: I would definitely play it. Josh, what have you been up to? So I'm gonna be talking about Tidal blades. Tidal Blades Heroes of the Reef, there are a couple different Tidal Blades games out there, but this is the first one, um, the OG Tidal Blades. I want to talk about Tidal Blades because I am hoping to play it again soon, obviously, but I've already previously played it. When I previously played it, I only played it at two players, though. And I've got to say, the two-player experience for me was almost atrocious. (laughs) It wasn't great. I actually actively disliked the game at two players because I had a pretty... I want to say a pretty convoluted AI system to it that I just did not enjoy. Sure. I, mean, I, I don't like games generally that if you have to play at two players, you have to add a, a dummy player. Yeah. It's, it's like, just call the game three players. Yeah. Just, just don't lie to me and <laughs> tell me that it's two players and I have to spend, you know, half the game taking care of this imaginary person who, you know, it's much easier for them to win than it is for me to win. That, that, that just frustrates me a little bit. But the actual game, like, I saw, like, beneath this layer of AI garbage, <laughs> I saw this beautiful cake of a game that I wanted to just devour. You know, has great dice mechanisms, had a fun time worker placement. There is, like, a good story behind it. Beautiful artwork, too. Like, I mean, Mr. Cuttington. Yeah. Oh, great artist. I, I love what they do over there um, in, that, in that team. Um, but I'm hoping to have the opportunity to play it at three players without the dummy player. Um, I, I have a feeling this is gonna be a very different game without that AI player. I'm hoping to actually play it at four because I have some um, relatives visiting in town, and I want to see how this works at four players for a couple reasons. One is it gonna be too long because at first I thought the game was relatively short, um, which is I think a pariah opinion of people think only complain about tablets a lot, saying it's a too long game. I found it to be too short. Like I, that time I actually got got going, it was you know over, and I was very disappointed. But with four players, I'm hoping that maybe the board opens up a little bit more. I don't have to worry about the upkeep of an AI player. And I'm actually able to enjoy the meat of the game without having to worry about this random bozo who doesn't even matter in the end.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh,
1: I'm excited to get into it. I enjoy the. I want to enjoy this game. I don't want to get rid of it because I like seeing it on my shelf. Yeah. Um, but that's Tidal Blades, Heroes of the Reef. Welp. It looks like the oxygen tanks are full. Uh, We have enough fuel to get us down, down deep into the tabletop trenches. So how about we close the hatch and begin our dive? The pre-launch. Get to know us and our guest. Dan, spin us a yarn, regale us with your tabletop story time Stuff. I'm ready to hear your story.
0: There's a, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure to to, to do this. But okay, this is, this this board game. Um, I'm allowed. To, I'm allowed. Am I allowed to just 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 say it? The the, the title? Yes. Yeah. So time's up. Now I don't know if you two, or if anyone's uh, familiar with the the game. Time's up. It's a party game. It's a party game. It's one of those party games that the designers have very sneakily stuck their names on and sold it in a box that has probably been a folk game. Uh, for a long period of time. So it's it's a little bit like charade. So what happens is you, you've got two teams. Um you um you basically draw a card, it's got the name of a famous person on it. So uh, let's say George Washington. And in the in the first kind of round and, and there's there's number of cards, there's like hundreds and hundreds of cards. So you you'll you select 20 cards you've got to go through. I can't remember the rules exactly. Um so the first time you will have to um describe that person without saying their name so pretty easy and your team has to guess who it is and as soon as you finish um guessing George Washington you 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 throw that card on the floor to just kind of score it and then you you go to Albert Einstein or whoever um and then in the second round you're only allowed to use one word um so George Washington you might say wig or something, uh, but, but because you, because you've been through all these cards before, your your team kind of knows what what's going on. And I, I should I should also say that the entire of both teams are using the same set of cards to go through here. Okay, and then on the on the on the third round, you have to mime it. So you're not to speak at all. You have to mime that person. But again, um, the the whole team um, will will know what's going on. Um, so this is a game. Um, that is absolutely wonderful no matter when you play it. Um, it, it never fails to, to, to have, inspire peals of laughter and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it's a game where basically you as a group of people kind of set up your own in-jokes and your own language and your own, your own way of communicating things um, with, within, that, within that group. Okay. Um, so, so, so it's a wonderful game because it, it builds a sense of community, it builds a sense of belonging, it builds a sense of shared jokes and shared humor. And, and people are just absolutely in hysterics by the end of it. Because by the end of it, you're having to do actions. And it's usually you're doing actions about, about some kind of thing that was said you know, a while ago and things like that, because because the cards are, are shared by both teams. You're kind of playing off what the other teams are doing as well, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, so, so the, the the reason this is my my best um, gaming experience ever is because we have kind of built upon that fantastic core game. It's also called Monikers. Um, another okay. set of designers yeah. um, decided that they would put their name on it and release it as Monikers, basically, and sh- shop and sit down. um um, they've got their own kind of monikers set and things like that but but I've I haven't done it for a little while but but for for a while um every year I used to organize this kind of mini board gaming convention where we used to congregate in a a 17th century hunting lodge which sounds very fancy but in reality it was. It was. It wasn't. It was. It was it, 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 it's much less fancy than, than, than. But anyway, in the middle of nowhere, basically. So there's no. There's no other buildings. No shops for miles. I mean, literally miles. There's. There's nowhere else. It's just in the middle of the moorlands in, in North Yorkshire, not North Northern England. And we, we go there and we spend three days playing board games, absolutely solidly. We cook communally. There's no, um, uh, And we just just play board games. Twenty people. Marvelous. And each year we play Times Up on a Saturday night. On the Saturday night is Times Up night. Everyone stops their games. They come into a central room and play Times Up. But instead of using the, the cards in the in the in the box, um, we've created our own Times Up deck. So so what we do is every year before we go, we submit um, various names and things like that to this this central spreadsheet that somebody maintains. And then they get used, and then the next year you submit another twenty games each, so that's a total of um, uh, four hundred names. Um, and then that gets added to the thing and shuffled in. So o- over the years, we've, we've come up with this this fantastic deck of uh, maybe a thousand different names. Uh, it, it's not necessarily names; it can be films, it can be you know, it can be anything basically, as, as long as you're relatively sure that the majority of people will know what it is. So obviously. So obviously my name's in there, you know, and and, and people do an impression of me and, and 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 you know various things and and various. So someone's really into death metal, so various death metal songs are in there that like no one's got an idea what they are, but, but but you know, and and so within this group of twenty people, there's just this game that is just created by us as a community that has in jokes within it as a community. Um, you Know this, I, I don't. You might have to cut this bit out, but one, one, one of the songs is like a virgin, and the, and the thing to do that is point out a particular member of the the, the group, and, and uh, you know, or like a, a, a slightly mean version of, uh, but you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's it. Time's up, but this very specific time's up that was completely created as a community and, and exists in our heads long, long after. Because I think because your question about memorable ball games is really interesting because. Because usually, as much as I love heavy Euros and as much as I love, you know, all that kind of stuff, memorable games have to come with interaction, don't they? They have the, the 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 memory is always of of the community and the people you're playing with. And and that is the the absolute pinnacle of it for me is is playing Times Up, one of the many versions. Taking the absolute Mickey out of each other, you know what I mean. Uh, um, and all these, all these in jokes, all these jokes about somebody not guessing one and and pointing at, uh, just, 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 it's just wonderful. And, and the problem is, I can't describe you to you the in jokes because they're not funny unless unless you're there and rolling around on the floor yeah. because someone's got it wrong and or because you, you, as I say, you you're doing an impression of. You know, you you pretend to put a hat on to be the Incredible Hulk, and and no one else would understand why that was, but it was just something someone said earlier in the game. So there you go. Times, times up. Times up. I don't even have any questions because I understand that's exactly how
2: the best party games go. Yeah. Nobody's actually keeping score, and inside. Oh no, no, no! no.
0: They they certainly are keeping score. That's that's part of that's part of the, uh, the the joy of it is the the absolute. It's a rivalry between these two arbitrary groups, which change every single time we play it. But but when you're on the side, and then you see you've, you've, you've got Suzanne on your team, and Suzanne's really good, but you've also got Michael on your team, and he's awful at the game, and you're like, oh, ah! And, 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 and yeah, no, 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 no. You, you're right, in, in most, like, Telestrations could be another one I, I, I picked. That's an amazing party game as well. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, no, in Time's Up, if the teams really want to win, that's when it gets really exciting um, because it's two teams rather than just individuals and sharing it, I think is, is, is where it works, but sorry, I interrupted you. I do apologize.
2: No, no. It's definitely the truth. I mean, if you got a game, you can actually play a party game where you keeping score actually makes a difference. That could add another level of fun. Yeah. In my experience, party games are only fun. If you're not keeping score, I've never had a game with keeping score made any difference so what, that's pretty
0: cool what would be your favorite party game uh, that would be a good example of
2: i rarely ever play it but growing up as a kid we used to play every christmas we used to play win lose or draw right, right? we would split the family up and you're keeping scoring that but you're not really um but
1: it also helped that i was an artist so it was easier <laughs> for anybody else and you know, monikers is cutthroat. Like, I've played monikers, not times. Up. Uh, it's the same, I mean, it's, I, it's ultimately
0: <laughs> the same game, uh, I think. I, I've never played monikers, but I can't see it being any different. the, 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 the rules as I described them fit monikers? It's exactly the yeah, same. Yeah. Literally,
1: it's the same game, just two different. Yeah, games,
0: I need you know. to find some other folk game that, that no one's put in a box and put their name on, and then I can pretend to be the inventor of it and make lots of money. That's 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 my ambition from now on.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean maybe that's it. Maybe that's how you make a, a millions in this industry. You find the games that everyone knows, and you put a box on it, and you sell it. You know, do the Jeff Goldblum thing. You slap it on a lunchbox and you sell it to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, P- that's that's the way. Pictionary
0: existed before Pictionary. I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? All, all these little parlor games. I once I once went through a a list of parlor games. To, not not to, not for that purpose, but just to just to see, you know, these Victorian parlor games that well that ladies and men used to play in their Parlours, I suppose is why they were called party games. Anyway, sorry, I'm uh I'm, I'm digressing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a massive party game fan. Yet the best moments in gaming have generally been party games, which is interesting. Hmm. Isn't it? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play them solely, and and they scratch a very different itch for me. Um, that you know, I want to pay a Euro because I want to think and puzzle and plan and all that kind of stuff. Well, that that you don't get that from most part. I don't think you any party games. If you're asking for for purely the most joyful experience, it's always been a party game.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I, I like to think that, that we, coincidentally, we've kind of be, this this the podcast we've kind of become champions of the party game because a lot of people unjustly like in the board community they foo foo on party games. Like it's like oh, it's not you know it's not uh no whatever it is not Batoku or you know Brass. It's not those things. Those heavy, really crunchy, extremely well designed games. But I'm always saying that party games are just as hard to make in some cases because it's hard to get – what's great about party games is that they're, they're super welcoming. Like my family is not gamers pretty much whatsoever. It's just me and my wife, and sometimes I'll play a game here or there with my family. But I, put, but I went to a game night once with, with, with my family in charge, and they brought out monikers. And it was, you know, it was cutthroat. It was exactly what you're saying. Like, it was, we get super competitive. Oh, yeah. It's almost scary. How, we get scary competitive with how, how much we get. And, you know, it's 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 still, like, every time I just enjoy it. And just the idea of having, being able to create a system that brings people together of all backgrounds is amazing design.
0: I, I, I found I found it fascinating about um, board games being at, because one of the things about art, and I'm not, I'm not saying they're not, I don't want to get into that argument. One of the things about art is it's meant to evoke emotion in you. But but yes. but, but but for me, board gamings rarely invoke positive emotions in me. If, um, they rarely, if I'm going to get an emotion in a board game, in a general board game, it's going to be something like frustration or anger or, or something like that. I, generally, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying every single time I play a board game. But, but if I'm playing a Euro there might be some satisfaction in in, in what you've done and things like that. But the strongest emotions that... If I took 100 euros I've played and did a chart, the strongest emotions i would ever felt would be frustration. A a board game isn't generally something you play to elicit emotion within yourself. It's more of an intellectual, more of a logical... um, Experience in that now. Ameritrash Trash games are a little bit different. You can get excited in Ameritrash Trash games, the, the the introduction of dice and, and push your luck and stuff like that. They that will interject an exciting um, feeling in, in, into a board game, but it's the party games that invoke the most emotion. Um, and, and looking back on things, they're the ones. Uh, when you have emotions about something, that's when it sticks in your memory, isn't it? So, so yeah. I, I I love brass. I, I love I love keyflower. I love I love loads of you know medium heavy. Well, well, medium, yeah, medium heavy is about how far I go. But I love all those euros and stuff. But all my memories of, of wonderful times in board gaming are, are all they've always got that anchor of emotion underneath them. And so that's 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 why I think you're getting those answers each time on your podcast. To be honest
1: so here's a here's a would you rather question then yeah. based on what you were telling me would you rather if you had to choose between only going to these from now on i'm, I'm opposed this to everybody would you rather only go to small board game meetups like like you did like yours like you know in the yep. cabin with friends communal cooking would you rather do that only or would you rather go to bigger conventions like uk games Expo, Essen, like or gen con what would you what would you rather do
0: Mine is mine is absolutely simple. Small small board games um, gatherings every single time. I I I enjoy playing games with people I know and trust and get on with. 700% 700 percent more than I enjoy playing games with strangers. I don't mind playing games with strangers. And one of the great things about board gaming is a wonderful social catalyst. And you can get people of all sorts of personalities and thoughts around a table. And because you're focusing on the board, it doesn't mean means that the it's like a grease for social interaction. So I don't yeah. mind playing with other people, but, but every single time I want to spend time with people I want to spend time
2: with. I agree wholeheartedly, and I would do the same answer. As much as I love going to Gen Con and Origins and meeting new people and getting to have access to people that I don't normally have access to. Uh, Strangers or friends we haven't met yet and all those kind of things. But I also believe the meta in-game of knowing your opponent and anticipating how they might play that game is part of the fun of playing those games Mm -hmm. for the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th time. Um, The first time I play a game, it's a learning game, and so it almost doesn't matter who's around the table because my brain is in the game. But the more often I play that game the more I care about who I'm playing against and I would rather they not be the same people every time. So I don't want my, I don't want my only board game to only be the same four people over and over again, but a small convention where I can spread myself in the room, have a bunch of friendships, go and re duck into those things. That sounds like a great way to go. So I would, I would take the hunting lodge myself.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be in the same camp there. I mean, I think the idea of, you know, being secluded and playing board games with people you care about, or at least, you know, have positive emotions for yes it so, sounds so good like especially the idea of you know i'm a big communal I, I, i'm a big communal cooking person i love making big meals um for various reasons and that just sounds so great like hey we're in we're in this you know middle of nowhere i'm gonna go out and chop potatoes for an hour and i'm gonna cook them up i'm gonna fry, fry them to a hash and then we're gonna eat together after we play a game of you know time's up things like that. To me that just
0: sounds like a great time. It's amazing. The the only downside to it and the reason I stopped organising it is because it became so popular. People wanted to come and I had to maintain uh, who's in and who's out list because there's only so much room. Uh, And and that became quite unpleasant to be honest. Um, Not that people were giving me a hard time but I felt the pressure of having to I don't like excluding people. Do you know what I mean? But, but the, the nature of the size of the place yeah. meant that you had to exclude people. So that's why I stopped doing it in the end because it became too. I, I, I think the, the, the ideal situation is a, is, a, is a hunting lodge somewhere with fifteen people you know and five people you don't. So you should, you, yeah. can, you can make those friends, but you're secure. It's not much fun for that fellow's five people, but you can, you're secure in the um secure in the in, in, in the, the group you're within and, and feel like it's a safe safe environment for you. Agreed.
1: Yeah, there's. I think there's tons of advantages to playing with people you do know and don't know, and that idea of, you know, having five people you don't know come with people you don't. I mean, that's just a great idea to, you know, get friendships that last long. Exactly. Time, exactly. Board games, playing board games, have a tendency to form strong bonds because of that shared experience you have on the table. Okay, folks, we are deep, deep in the trenches now. I, I see so many things. I see Jason Statham fighting the Megalodon. We are getting ready to. <laughs> this is
0: such a one. this is such a tortured uh, tortured analogy. <laughs> I, I, I I admire you for sticking with it. Don't get me wrong. I admire you for sticking it. But by <laughs> golly,
1: <laughs> I I will die on this sub. No, no, analogy. fair enough. <laughs> you,
0: you carry on. You carry... I'm going to have my board game hot air balloon uh, thing where we're dropping sandbags <laughs> or something. That's my next podcast.
1: You know, I I have people say, like, I don't know how you can keep up this submarine motif. And I say, I will keep it up until I die. (laughs) 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 Until until I drown, I I will not (laughs) drop this. Anyways, let's go ahead and see what's on our radar. Okay, I'll go ahead and go first and talk about what I'm looking forward to. So recently on Kickstarter, uh, there is a game from a company called No Box Games that is literally just pretty much print out, ready to go play games. Um, And it's called Spies. Um, In this game, you are spies who are trying to, uh, it's a hidden movement game where you're trying to chase other spies and find them first before they find you. Um, And so you print it out on your printer at home, and then you print out as many sheets as you need for each player who's playing. And you should be able to only print out maybe two or three pages before everything's okay. Um, what i really like about this is that the kickstarter is only four dollars you know it's cheap it's a way for people like me who don't have a lot of money to just have a game that i can you know print out laminate get some you know um expo markers i have here and i have a game that i can play and plus since i am a huge hidden movement fan it sounds amazing um i know that the guy who's pretty much in charge of this name's chris um chris Baki. he's um He's been working on this project for a while now, and I'm really glad to see it come to fruition. And I think this is going to be a great way for people who maybe not be able to access the you know three hundred dollar CMON or Awakened Realms Kickstarters to feel a part of the community of Kickstarters who are excited to have it come in.
0: There's more. There's more and more of these these um, printout um, things coming in, isn't they? Um, I, I backed Sunshine City recently. Have you, did you see that one? That that was a fascinating concept where they gave you the computer program to 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 generate random sheets for it as well, which is amazing. Uh, it's another Roll and Write one. Matthew Matthew Dunstan was really kind of brought it in, didn't he, with the, 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 the one he did? I um, can't remember what it's called now.
2: Yeah, I really like this, this new aspect of the print and play for players at home in all different environments, right? Because shipping is not an easy thing for a ton of places. Canada's notorious for having this crazy high shipping rate. So the fact that you can print it out and make it at home and there's actually a huge community of people who are into print and plays that specifically just like to craft board games. So I love that this aspect is starting to take place. Uh, recently, a Kickstarter 25th Century did their roll and write of Halloween games just in time for Halloween for $3. That was great. I participated in that one. I've got a copy of those. I'll be playing at Halloween this year. Uh, so I really like this whole aspect. I think that's great.
1: Dan, What's on your radar? Um, it's a game
0: by Matthew Dunstan, which is why his name was so readily came into my head, and also Brett Gilbert, who is his um, long-term um, kind of collaborator, called Village Rails. <clears throat> um, this is kind of a, a follow-up, stroke sequel to another game that I really, really like called Village Green, although that was designed by a different person, so I don't, I don't quite know how that works. But basically, it's it's a kind of I want to say tile lane, but it's not tiles, it's cards. It's a card lane game where you're you're trying to um, join up various railways and and um, and various things to to score points. Basically, it's a spatial puzzly type game. Um, uh, it's for it's for um, I think it's two to four players, which is interesting because. Um, because Village Green is a solo game as well. so, so um, And I, I bought it... Um, well, I was going to buy it... I went to Essen recently. I was going to buy it in Essen, but they didn't have it in Essen. So I ended up just ordering it from the mail order for a lot cheaper than I would have got it from Essen as well. So I suppose that's better, but it, 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 it doesn't feel quite special when you you bring something back from um, a uh, game fair. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Village Rails. Um, I don't know what it, exactly the rules are, because I haven't read it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to playing it.
2: Excellent. So I'm going to go back to a well that i've really enjoyed i really enjoyed Gonshang cleaver and the second version and now i've acquired clever forever which is the fourth so apparently i skipped the third one but i'll go back and get that one too but uh i really like this very clever roll and right it's very simple with five different color dice you roll them You basically try to pick the lowest one that works out for you, and whatever you don't pick, your opponents have access to. So, it's a very clever little game. I really enjoy it, and I now have another version to try and play.
1: Awesome. Welp, the AC is still out in my house, even though it's getting cooler. So, let's go ahead and shoot up, and we will let Dan go.
2: Shooting up, huh? Yeah. Shooting up. Didn't realize it was Shooting that kind of podcast.
1: <laughs> Shooting straight <laughs> up. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the submarine today. Really loved your story. If people want more more Dan Hughes, if they want to know more about Core Quest or anything at all, what can they do?
0: Um, the, the way to know more about me is probably listen to my podcast. So that's sporadically Bored with Mike and Dan. Um, very much like the board games, we very, very rarely talk about board games, but we're allowed because our name allows us to, because it's sporadically board, you see, that's where we, of this tortured submarine um, analogies, um, <laughs> we, we we just gave ourselves an outfit, occasionally releasing whenever we want, and also occasionally talking about board games, so so sporadically board with Mike and Dan. and Core Request, which is my current, um, the, the biggest thing in my my world at the moment, well that's on Kickstarter, I do Next week, so, so yeah, so be a, a couple of days left on, on the Kickstarter. So you can get to that either by searching for Cora Quest or on Kickstarter or by going to CoraQuest.com. And it's called CoraQuest Keep On Questing. It's an expansion, but you can also buy the base game in the Kickstarter if you want. And also, to be honest, the base game by the time this goes out should be available in most shops anyway, although Canada. It takes a while to get to canada so who knows um but but it's it's, it's going to be available worldwide from next week hopefully so there you go go quest keep on questing that's my that's that's what i'd most like you to go and check out to be honest <laughs> but that's probably more <laughs> as, a, as a close second
1: sounds good well listeners thank you so much for listening today if you want to support the podcast the best way to do that is by sharing it on facebook rating it five stars whatever your preferred method of you know advertising and telling people about how hopefully great this pocket is and how much you enjoy it that's the best way to support us as of right now great awesome <laughs> well as always dan thank you so much for coming on i'm josh and i'm andrew uh, and i'm done do i say i'm done i'm done <laughs> yeah we, we never really know we, <laughs> some people jump in and say yes and sometimes there's an awkward pause and so i kind of just wait to see what happens uh, yeah. but this has been the tabletop submarine dive dive dive